God is the God of the impossible, and we are children of the impossible. Why? Because all things are possible with God, and all things are possible with you based on one condition, if you believe. At Miracle Center Christian Fellowship, we are presenting the gospel of the kingdom in worship, word, and service with excellence in motion. Our bishop, Dr. Murphy, has led more than one million people to Jesus Christ and has ordained many born-again, spirit-filled believers to the five-fold ministry office of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher with an additional ordination of many to the office of bishop. He is respected around the world as a conduit of God's presence and as a representative of God's voice, relationship, and leadership to a world in pursuit of God's governing presence. From Miracle Center Christian Fellowship, here is Bishop Dr. Richard Murphy with this week's message. Today, I want to talk to us about ability through excellence. This is a word, ability that is, that has been thrown around a lot, or people have used it a lot, without giving much thought to its meaning. Ability is possession of the means or skill to do something it's talent, skill, or proficiency in a particular area. In certain cases, it is both the means and the skills combined. Some people have both. Some people have possession of skills without much means. Some people have possessions of means, but not much skill. So if you're in the category with the skills, then I'm believing for you to acquire the means. And if you're in the category of the means, I'm believing for you to develop the skills. Would you say ability? ability? That is something that God has given to each individual, each person that is born into the world. We all have ability. And I want to talk about some characteristics of ability. The characteristic is a feature or quality belonging typically to a person, place, or thing, and serving to identify them. The first characteristic is capability. Capability is the power to do something. Everybody can do something. Even when people are doing what they call nothing, they are doing something. And so, Everybody is capable of doing something. Somebody would say that person doesn't amount to anything because that person is a liar. That means that person is capable of lying. Well, that's a thief. Well, that person is capable of thieving, if you please. But a righteous person and say, wow, no matter what we do to this person, the characters from that person, the attitude from that person, what comes forth from that person seems to be good. And that is the capability within that individual. The second characteristic of ability is accountability. The fact or condition of being accountable. Accountable means being required or expected to justify actions or decisions. With our ability first thing we're doing is recognizing what we are capable of. What did God create you to do? What did he purpose for you to do? 
Nobody that's born into this world came in without ability and capability. Each individual is valuable and worth something. In the sight of God, and if anyone is in tune with God, each individual is worth something in the sight of that individual and the person who's in tune with God. So we're looking at these characteristics. Go to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 16, verse 1. And he said also unto his disciples, Jesus is speaking here, there was a certain man which had a steward. And the same was accused unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, for thou mayest be no longer steward. Give an account of thy stewardship. And remember, he's calling him to be accountable. He's required or he's expected to justify his actions or his decisions in stewardship. And so here is a comparison as you go on in this parable here, in the story that Yeshua, Jesus, is sharing, is a comparison between the children of God and how they handle things and the children of the world and how they handle things. In this case, this guy sat down with his creditors because he thought he was going to lose his job. And so he made deals with his creditors. One, he reduced the amount that he owed his master on the ledger, 50%. Another, he reduced it around 40%. He reduced it significantly. But then the master comments on this. Yeshua is talking about this situation to get across a point. And he said, this guy had acted wisely. He said, the people in their generation of the world are wiser than the children of the kingdom, than the people of God. Now, this guy was acting the way a worldly person would act. He did what a worldly person would do. He tried to save his hide. He tried to make sure that he had something going for his future. In today's world, we'd look at it as if he didn't get a job, a retirement or something, or another job having something laid up, a nest egg, or a way to provide. So in this case, he said, if I do this favor for these people, when I'm fired, I will have room. They will make room for me. These people will make room for me in their home. In other words, they will help to take care of me because of the favor I did for them. And Jesus said, the world, the way they operate in their system, Howbeit wicked or evil or not so godly, they were acting wisely in their realm. And they were acting wiser than the children of God in their sphere of righteousness. And so he makes a point regarding this particular servant in chapter 16, verse 8 here, just to bring that point home to you. And the Lord commended the unjust steward. Remember now, this is not a righteous steward. So he's making a comparison, saying in this guy's unjust, sinful world, he knows how to act wisely in the wisdom of the world. See, not all wisdom is of God. We have to realize that. 
James talks about a wisdom that is worldly, sensual, and devilish. Here's a caution. When you hear people throwing out all these quotes from all these wise people, no matter how long ago they lived, you know about Aristotle and Socrates, Aristophanes, Euripides, Plato, and so, you know, you just go through the whole list. But it's important to know the background of whoever you're quoting to recognize where their wisdom is coming from. Sometimes those quotes are made and the person who's quoting has not evaluated the background or vetted the background of the one they're quoting. So they'll come up and start with a wise quote. And it could be devilish wisdom, sensual wisdom, worldly wisdom. Could have nothing to do with God. So we have to recognize where this wisdom is coming from. And he said, though, in the world system, this guy, as a steward, was wise in his dealings because he had done wisely. And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely, for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And I say unto you, Make to yourselves friends of the mammon of unrighteousness, that when ye fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. Then he goes on and says this. He brings it over to the righteous now. He's shifting, lest you miss it here. He's talking about the unrighteous. Now he's shifting to the righteous. And it's a whole different scenario when you get to the righteous. He's saying to us, here's this parallel here, here's this example. Just like the unrighteous steward acted unrighteously, howbeit in the wisdom of unrighteousness in his generation, this is how the children of God are supposed to act in their generation in the verse that follows. He says this, he that is faithful in that which is least, is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the much. If therefore ye have been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that is money and things in the tangible realm of goods and so forth, he said, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Money is not the true riches, but it is a standard that God uses with us to evaluate our lives to entrust to us the true riches. You know, what is our motivation behind what we do? See, money is a system of exchange. We're not to love it, hallelujah, but we're to master it. If you don't master it, it will master you. And here's the cue. Money makes a terrible master. but it's an excellent servant. It will serve you well, but if you allow it to have control, it will oppress you, depress you, diminish you, demean you, demoralize you. As a master, it is a terrible thing, but as a servant or a slave to you, it is a great thing. God intended for it to be your servant, not your master. And so here's where accountability comes in. Remembering when you're accountable, you have to justify actions, justify what you're doing. Notice this, being required or expected to justify actions or justify decisions. 
Here's one. Accountability in the area of tithing, of recognizing God first. Let me give you some information here. You cannot tithe 2%, 3%, 5%. There's no such thing. If you can't afford to give a full tithe, give part of it. There's no such thing as giving part of it. Part of a tithe is totally disrespectful to God and it's dishonoring and it's robbing God. You don't bring God some 2% and go out and spend on your bill, cell phone, hair and nails. That's an abomination to God. You don't do God that way. You don't treat him that way. He is sovereign. And the reason for the tithe, and there's accountability in that area, is so that the blessings of God will overtake us. Do you realize in Malachi 3, he will open the floodgates of heaven, the windows, King James says, and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. The Hebrew does not call it a blessing. If you read the Hebrew, the Hebrew says he will pour out the blessing. That's the word, the blessing. It is not a blessing. A blessing is one of many. The blessing is the one that all the others stem from and flow from. He said, I will open the floodgates of heaven and pour out the blessing, the blessing on you. And that blessing overpowers everything else. And you won't have room enough to contain what the blessing produces. I'm talking about ability, and we have the ability to do these things and to experience God's goodness in these areas. And so here's the steward. And the steward is faithful. And the Lord says this about his children. He says this, continuing on here in verse 11 again. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So here's the standard for the people of God, the children of light. It is to be faithful in what has been entrusted to you and to especially be faithful in that which belongs to somebody else. If somebody lets you use their car for some reason, Return it in better shape than you got it. That's how you end up being faithful. And so when things are entrusted into your care, it's important to treat it better than you would if you owned it. Because the Lord looks at that and he says, that's how the righteous are supposed to be. And he said, if we don't handle the mundane stuff in the natural, well, how will we handle the true riches? How will we even know what the true riches are? And then if we are not faithful in that which is another's, how can we expect to have something of our own? Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without murmuring and complaining. Instead of grumbling and complaining about how miserable your job is, decide to become excellent on your job. Go beyond the average. Go beyond the norm. Go out of your comfort zone and do more than is expected of you. So in Luke, he talks about being faithful in that which is another. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 
14 says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. King James Version says he delivered talents unto them. NIV says he delivered bags of gold unto them. He delivered to one five bags of gold, to another two, and to another one. And listen to this as he's doing this. Verse 15 says, And unto one he gave five talents, or bags of gold, to another two, and to another one. To every man according to his several, or this word several in King James today meant individual. To his several or individual ability. Would you say ability? And straightway took his journey. He gave to every man according to his ability. Ability is possession of the means or skills to do something. He gave to each of these people according to what they possessed, according to their skills and according to their ability to handle what was given to them. Now, this is something I want to share with us today. Some people think that, and you hear it on different uh, people who are talking, motivational speakers, they have this concept that each person has been given certain abilities and that's their capacity and they can't go beyond that. So if you try to communicate with somebody and their ability is a level two, somebody else is a level three, somebody else is a level five, don't try to pressure the level two to understand level five because that's their lot in life. They'll never go beyond level two. But this is what God does. He gives us his image, his likeness. And what God does in the area of ability is he places gifts and talents within us. We have motivational gifts, ministry gifts. We have body ministry gifts. We have, in the motivation, you call those purpose gifts. God has purposed each of us to do something, and he's gifted us accordingly. But he's given to every man the measure, not simply a measure, but the measure of faith. And how is it that some people have greater faith than others? Some have little faith, some have great faith, some have small faith, and so on like that. If we've all been given the measure, then the ability is not based on God measuring out a little bit to this one and a little bit more to that one. It's based, rather, on what you do with what has been given to you. How will you increase it? How will you develop it? What means do you have? What skills do you have? I read two to three books a week. Sometimes I read a book a day. If you say, I don't have many skills. Well, you're still living. Develop some. Do the things that will enable you to accomplish goals and dreams that you have rather than just have wishful thinking. Five years later, you're still in wishful thinking. Ten years later, still in wishful thinking. Have strategies. Have goals set to do various things. He gave them each according to their ability. Now notice this. The amount was not based on ability. The amount that he gave them. And that's not what he's talking about. He gave them according to their ability to produce. The one with the two talents produced the same thing as the five. A hundred percent. He doubled it. What was given to him, he doubled it. It would make no difference to him if he had five or if he had 25. 
bags of gold. He just, he had the ability to double it, just like the one with the five had the ability to double it. Look at what they did with it rather than the amount they were given. They doubled it. The one that had the one had the investment given to him. His ability was shrouded in fear and he hid his own ability. He allowed fear to intimidate him and he put his own ability out of sight. He couldn't even see his own ability. All he could see was fear. Let me ask you this. What abilities have God given to you? What's happening with them? What's happening with your ability to accomplish great things? If we focus and we, we recognize our purpose and we determine that wherever we are in whatever abilities we have, we are going to develop them and move in excellence in them, we will be unstoppable as the body of Christ. We refuse to accept and walk in mediocrity. That's not a long-term strategy. Mediocrity, that is. We are determined to move in excellence. Go that extra mile and you do things that other people won't do. And they'll think it just comes easy to you, not realizing it didn't come easy. You just focused and you disciplined yourself. You applied self-discipline and self-control. You applied the word of God. You went that extra mile. You put in the dues, your dues, and you paid the price to get it done. And it didn't matter how you felt and what you thought and what your body felt like. You set yourself on a course and you disciplined yourself and in the midst of it all, even if you were battling a flu, you stuck with the discipline. If you could move, if you couldn't read a book, you'd put in a tape or something. Stick with it and get it done. If you're willing to do what most people will not do and you do it consistently, you will be able to and you will do what most people cannot do. God is the God of the impossible we are children of the impossible. Why? Because all things are possible with God and all things are possible with you based on one condition, if you believe. We welcome you to attend our worship service Saturdays at 10 a.m. with a special time of pre-service teaching and worship beginning at 8.30. We also invite you to contact our Miracles Global Prayer Center to receive prayer or to hear an encouraging scripture the number is 989-401-9159. To find out more about us and our services, visit us at facebook.com forward slash Miracle Center Christian Fellowship.